Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Glad to see you on this Tuesday. I've got so much, so much to cover in just a short amount of time. I won't waste too much time with you. First of all, there is a great resolution to this Bucks fan catching the Brady touchdown ball thing. Uh, Tom Brady stepped up to the plate and did this guy right, even though he's still a terrible negotiator. The ending is better than what was initially reported. Also, the Saints win. I'll talk about that for a little bit. I'm just really happy about it. Although, you know, what was it? Scott Kushner, uh, who who writes columns down there, said that Demario Davis should be allowed to open hand slap every offensive player on the plane ride home. <laughs> Everybody but Alvin, and he's got a point. So I'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, Brandon, Mississippi native Demario Davis, absolutely phenomenal last night. Just phenomenal. So I got to talk about that. Then James Franklin has a new agent, and state fans listening to this know that when you leave your agency for this guy in particular, it's not because you want to stay where you are. You guys have seen this happen before. It's happening to Penn State. Also, Mike Leach. There was a, I hate talking about this. I know you guys don't like when I talk about this, but I have to. It's a story. Uh, There was a new mandate handed down to employees of the state of state universities here in Mississippi. And there was questions about Mike Leach, but I don't think we need to be asking those questions. I think we already know the answer, although he won't tell you publicly something happened this summer that tells you that it's a non-story. And so we'll get to all that. But first, welcome in. I'm Michael Borky. Glad to see you. If you're on Twitter, you cannot comment. So hop on over to YouTube. You should be on YouTube anyway. Michael Borky on YouTube. Find me there. Subscribe and click the little notification bell next to it so you know anytime I go live. And also, if you actually like what you hear, please like the video. That will help me a lot. Also, follow on Twitter and Facebook or wherever you get your podcast. Most of you, the vast majority of you, listen in podcast form. Mike in the morning uh, or my name should turn up results. Haven't changed the name yet. Going to because I hate the name, but we'll, we'll do that later. Anyway. Here we go. So happy ending to the Bucks fan, by the way. Just wanted to get this out there. Tom Brady was on the Manning cast last night, and they updated what they gave to the Bucks fan that traded the Tom Brady 600 touchdown pass ball for what was originally reported as a signed jersey and a different ball. And he got roasted everywhere because what a terrible deal that is for that guy. Well, Brady stepped up and made it a hell of a lot better of a deal for this guy for being a good sport and just giving the football back. And here's what it was. He's getting two signed Brady jerseys. Not just one, he's getting two now. He's also getting a signed Brady Buccaneers helmet. Mike Evans is also giving him his game-used jersey and cleats. He's getting $1,000 to the Bucs team store. He's getting two season tickets for the rest of this year and next year. And 
Tom Brady gave him one Bitcoin, which is currently worth $63,000. So this guy, by being an idiot, ended up winning and uh, jokes on all of us. So all is well that ends well, I guess. And uh, Brady stepped up to the plate and actually gave him a uh, a pretty sweet deal, as it turns out. $63,000. I'd sell that thing right away. Yeah. I guess I'm in a different financial situation than some people, but if Brady gave me a Bitcoin, I'm not waiting to see if that thing goes up. I am selling it. Give me the 60K right now. <laughs> you could change my life with one Bitcoin. Uh, I need to sit in front rows more often, I guess, catch some footballs, and maybe somebody will give me a Bitcoin. But anyway, I I, I ripped on him yesterday because the initial reporting of what he got was embarrassing for him. but. Brady stepped up and actually did this guy right. And I'm uh, I'm very happy, uh, very happy uh, that this ended this way because that guy was going to, it was going to take a few years for him to like really realize the blown opportunity that he had by just not giving up that football so easily. And Brady made sure he didn't regret it. So that's pretty cool. Daniel says it took 25 years, but we saw finally saw Peyton Manning in an old Miss jersey. Yeah, those screenshot uh, screen grabs were hilarious of the Manning cast with the, the typical like disappointed Manning face while he's rocking an old Miss jersey. Uh, love that. Yeah, sixty three thousand dollars in a Bitcoin. That's unbelievable. Zach says he should trade the Bitcoin for a used shoestring and see what happens. <laughs> you never know, right? Uh, you never know. Uh, jokes on us, though. I, I I had people approach me a long time ago about investing in crypto, and I didn't have money to invest, so I didn't do it. But now, if I, even if I just had a little, I'd be rich. What an idiot I am. I guess there's still time. There's more cryptos popping up every day. I don't quite understand it. I don't get the crypto thing. I sure as hell don't get the NFT thing. I mean, it's, it's just all money laundering, right? And that, that's really what's going on here. Let's forget... Uh, the, the conversation about, oh, the market's changing for NFTs. When you're buying a GIF that everybody has access to whenever they want, you're laundering money, right? That's all that's going on here. It's just like these people that buy like the banana duct tape to a canvas thing and call it art. Like that's just money laundering, right? That's what NFTs are, laundering money, right? Because there is nothing about a gift that, again, everybody uses that has $600,000 in value. Unless my small brain can't wrap itself around that concept, it seems really stupid to think you own something that everybody else has free access to anytime. Unless it's money laundering. But again, I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk sports, though. <laughs> Um, I, I learned I cannot watch the Manning cast, by the way, if my team's in it. I cannot watch the Manning cast when the Saints are playing. I tried. I tried. And there's just there's too much going on away from the game that distracts me from the game, and I cannot watch it. It's a great viewing experience. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I've loved the first ones. Uh, Marshawn Lynch was funny. I, I checked him out. I also tuned in for a second for Drew Brees, who was um, – too buttoned up. Drew's just got to, you know, let loose a little bit. I mean, you know, you're not playing for the Saints anymore. You can answer pointed questions about the Saints. You're an analyst now. You got to do that. Uh, he he was kind of boring. But I only checked him out for a little bit because I cannot, I cannot 
watch the game of my team while that's going on. Daniel says, you could see Peyton dying inside every time Lynch cursed on air. <laughs> um, apparently, so I've only seen the Twitter videos of this, but Peyton getting mad when uh, the Seahawks would waste timeouts in the, early in the second half, like visibly angry, apparently, when uh, when Seattle wasted those timeouts. But luckily they did. That was an ugly football game last night. That was a really ugly football game. And, I mean, I know the weather is a huge factor in that, a, a huge factor. I mean, it was raining and windy and, and monsooning, and then it would stop, and then it would monsoon again, and the wind was whipping and inconsistent and all that. It was a terrible football game, though. <laughs> a terrible football game. Uh, Jameis needs help. That that's my. I mean, that group of receivers for the Saints and Traquan Smith being back was supposed to help, and he was pathetic last night. Uh, just terrible. Uh, did have that one catch that helped move the chains in the, or not? Didn't help move the chains, but it. What was it like? Second and nineteen, and it was like a thirteen-yard catch or something. Aside from that, he was awful. It just awful. And I, I honestly loved seeing Jameis get in his face at one point in the game on the sidelines and yelling at him like, "You need to get your." You know what? Together, because you're not playing well, right? No, none of the receivers were. Uh, Troutman was doing fine, and then he fumbled. Um, they need Michael Thomas in the worst way, and, and Harris needs to come back as well. But Callaway's been a disappointment. I know it was raining and stuff, but it's just brutal, just absolutely brutal to watch. Jameis needs help because uh, when people actually catch the damn football, he looks pretty sharp. You know, he, he looked pretty sharp last night, but. Nobody could catch the ball. Um, Alvin Kamara is a beast. We all know that already. Uh, just give him the football as much as you can, and, and it'll be fine. But the story of the game was the Saints' defense. Again, I know they're playing you know, Geno Smith and the Seahawks, but aside from Marshawn Lattimore uh, allowing DK Metcalf to get in his head, which I'm a little surprised by. I knew they were going to be jawing and stuff, but, I mean, Marshawn was just baited, baited into a couple penalties by DK. And you as a veteran cannot let a younger guy like that get in your head like that to where he's baiting you into multiple penalties. Uh, that's uh, That wasn't a good look. But aside from that, the Saints defense was dominant. And the one guy that I'll mention before we move on, because I know you guys aren't all Saints fans, and I'm just doing this for my sake. And so I've got all these notes, and I'm not going to get to any of them, I promise. I'm just going to run through it quickly. Demario Davis, though. Demario Davis, Brandon, Mississippi's own Demario Davis, not recruited much out of high school. Actually, I mean, had to go to Arkansas State because nobody in this state wanted him. He was a bit of a late bloomer. And he is one of the best linebackers in the league. And he showed you why last night. He, he made plays uh, in pass coverage. Uh, he made plays sacking Geno Smith. He made plays in the run game. I mean, he was flying all over the field. W what's so impressive about Demario Davis is he is clearly very well studied. His play recognition is elite. It's elite. Rarely do you ever see him out of position. I mean, clearly well-studied, clearly well-prepared, because his read and react times last night were just like that. The second the ball would be snapped, he knew exactly what Seattle was going to do, and he's fast enough and athletic enough to get to the spot and make plays when they're there. Uh, what, he had 10 tackles last night, two sacks, and four TFLs. One of his TFLs was driving an offensive lineman into his running back. He tackled a running back with his lineman. 
just a special night from a really special player and a really good guy off the field too. He's involved in a lot of a lot of stuff, and he's a really good representative of your state. So, uh, if nothing else, if you're not a fan of the NFL or the fan of a fan of the Saints, and you want me to move on, just know that one of the best linebackers in a league that happens to play, you know, right down the road from us, represents this state extremely, extremely well uh, on and off the football field. He's he's awesome and played awesome last night and is a really good dude off the field. So anyway, all right, a couple of things, college football related, although not actually football related, one of which is the LSU coaching search got a little bit of a twist last night. According to Football Scoop, James Franklin has changed agents. He has a new agent. He uh, has a new agent. He has switched to CAA and more specifically, Jimmy Sexton. And here's the thing about that. You guys know this already. You you saw it happen with Dan Mullen. You do not switch agents to Jimmy Sexton if you're happy where you're at. What's up, buddy? You okay? Sorry, my dog's here whining because there's a squirrel outside. Um, you do not switch agents to Jimmy Sexton if you're happy where you are. You do not switch agents to Jimmy Sexton if you do not want the jobs that are currently open. Ask Dan Mullen. Remember when he switched to Jimmy Sexton? That's when you knew it was over. You know it's over if you're a Penn State fan, which none of you are, but you know it's over now. Even if it doesn't happen this year, even if LSU goes to like Mel Tucker or or Lane Kiffin or somebody and they don't hire James Franklin, even if Southern Cal hires somebody else. You want to see him? All right, come here, Maverick. This is Maverick right here. He's Brittany Spaniel. He's uh, he's about to be six. Look, turn turn your head. Look, say hi to him. See, he's getting gray. He's getting gray in the face, but uh, he's a great dog. He just wants to go chase squirrels, but hey, buddy. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, even if it doesn't happen this year, Penn State fans should know now it's over. James Franklin is trying to leave State College. You do not hire Jimmy Sexton just to stay where you're happy. You, that's just not something that you do. It's clear as day. It's it's honestly refreshingly transparent that something like this goes down in coaching searches because you know now that re- James Franklin's a candidate for the LSU job and James Franklin's a candidate for the Southern Cal job. He wants both of them, and he wants Jimmy to help him get them. That's as, as simple as this could possibly be. He wants out. That's why you do this. That's why you hire Jimmy Sexton. You hire him to get you in the loop for jobs like this. If you were really committed, really committed to Penn State, if you really wanted Penn State, you wouldn't do this. But that's James Franklin. So, I mean, everybody knew this already, of course. Everybody knew this already, that he was a candidate, and I think he would take the job if offered, but at least now we know for sure. You State fans know what happens when your coach switches to Jimmy Sexton. And and for an Ole Miss fan listening, your coach is already represented by Jimmy Sexton. There was no switching needed, so he's getting all the benefits of that as uh, as well. Uh, Somebody says Southern Miss to the top. Yeah, big day. Big day for Southern Miss today. Big day for Southern Miss today. All right. We'll have McLean on the radio show tomorrow. Sadly, there's just not enough 
you know, he's too busy today. But uh, yeah, Southern Miss Athletics is getting a huge boost by getting out of the failing Conference USA into the Sun Belt, which is now the strongest group of five conference. Once Cincinnati leaves, and once UCF leaves, and once Mem- or excuse me, Houston leaves the AAC, the Sun Belt will be the best, um, no doubt, will be the best uh, group of five conference, in my opinion. But um, this search is getting dumb, by the way, the LSU search. Uh, we got sent uh, a screenshot on the radio show yesterday from a listener, from uh, a guy that uh, is based in Baton Rouge and uh, does media there, does media there at multiple different places, and said the phrase um, that that Lane Kiffin is um, campaigning for the LSU job. That's what he's doing, that he's campaigning for the job. And, I mean, I said this the other day. I have to repeat it, though, because people keep asking, you know, why or, or is this true? And I, I don't doubt that he and Jimmy Sexton has put his name in the ring. But these media people, multiple down there that are just convinced that all of these coaches are campaigning for the job. What are you talking about when you say that phrase, campaigning for the job? His intermediaries are lobbying for the job. Like, this isn't a new oil and gas bill, you know? I mean, I I know somebody that lobbies for Walgreens. Like, what what, what do you mean when you say that? Jimmy Sexton is going to do what Sexton does. And, and I have no doubt. I have no doubt that there has been interest expressed. Because, of course, why wouldn't you? You want to find out what they're what they're doing. Anybody, if a better job comes open, is interested. That's just reality of life. Uh, there is no loyalty to football coaches to your school. Very rarely do you have a coach that is actually loyal to your school. It never happens. There are very few examples in college football where that is the case. Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. There's an emotional connection to the school. Scott Frost, he's going to get fired anyway, has an emotional connection to Nebraska. Nick Saban doesn't give a damn about Alabama, aside from the fact that it writes his paycheck. He does not have an emotional connection to Alabama. It's his job. It's the best one that he that he could get. Lane Kiffin does not have an emotional connection to Ole Miss. Mike Leach does not have an emotional connection to Mississippi State. It's their job. Think of it the same way you think of your jobs. And if a better one comes open, you're at least going to ask questions and find out if it's something that you could that you're interested in. You're going to learn. At least you should. If you're a salesperson and a better sales job at X company in a different city has come open, yeah, ask. Unless you own the company, I suppose. But loyalty to your business, think of it the same way as these coaches. You're as loyal to your company as these coaches are to their jobs. At the end of the day, it is just a paycheck. But um, that concept where the way they word it, this exceptionalism that has come with that job, and again, you guys know me, it's a great job. It's one of the best in college football. I think they're not going to get said no to twice. If I were Woodward, I would go Lincoln Riley first, and I know he's not the only one making the decision. It's kind of a complicated situation there. But if I were him and I had full power, it's Lincoln Riley first, and if he says no, Whatever the next guy is, will say yes. 
if it's James Franklin, if it's Mel Tucker, if it's Lane Kiffin, I think their next guy would say yes. They're not getting said no to twice. They're, they're not. I think it's that kind of a job. But the exceptionalism that has come with this, where they think or they're reporting that you've got coaches telling their agents to beg LSU for the job. Could you imagine? Think about this. The way that some of this has been worded is like, Jimmy Sexton is going to Scott Woodward. Please hire Lane Kiffin. Hey, please hire him. Please hire him. Please, please, please. please. He needs that job. Uh, you you got to hire Lane. He's such a great coach. No, that's not how this works. That's not what they do. That's not why Jimmy's the best in the business, because he doesn't go about it that way. He gets all of his clients involved. Uh, he does what's best for he and his clients, and that's getting everybody raises, by the way. If you're a Sexton client, your name's going to get dropped into basically every coaching search. Lane Kiffin's name was mentioned in the Auburn search last year. He wasn't going to Auburn, but it was there. And guess what Lane Kiffin got a raise? But he's not Sexton's only client. Everybody gets richer when you're a Sexton guy, and it's not because he goes behind the scenes and lobby in bags and please hire Lane. No, that's not how he approaches this at all. There's a difference between expressing interest and campaigning. Expressing interest and lobbying. Those are really strong words, and I think it's kind of goofy uh, when when we use it that way, because that's not really what's going on here. Uh, if offered, if he's candidate number one, I think he would take it, but let's not pretend like he's on his hands and knees begging and crying and screaming to get that job. Come on. That's not how this works. That's not how it works at all. And you've got to remember who his agent is. That's why James Franklin just switched to him. And it's not because Jimmy's going to go to Scott Woodward and, and have a PowerPoint presentation and pitch him James Franklin. It's not how this goes. Randall says, sounds like the LSU president and AD want to make a statement with this hire, a coach that can win and stand up to the moral quality that will resonate with, or stand up to a moral quality that will resonate with recruits. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how true all of, all of that is where the AD doesn't have full power to make the hire. I mean, a lot of people are talking about that. I, I want to know, I'm curious to see how true that actually is. If the president has a list and the the candidate has to be chosen from that, I, I wonder how true all of that is. Um, truthfully, if, if I'm a university president, uh, I want a guy like him making there and I, you know, have to approve it, but I want him conducting the search and you bring me a candidate and unless he's got a sketchy background, the answer is yes. That That's what you hire people underneath you to do. You know, university presidents shouldn't get involved in coaching searches all that often. I mean, some of them are capable, you know, some of them are sports savvy and, and maybe this one is, I don't know. But I, I just, I have seen myself what happens at a different place when a university president gets involved in coaching searches and Jeffrey Vitter forced Matt Luke on Ross Bjork and we saw what happened after that. I mean, Ross Bjork had Dave Dorn hired, had him hired. Like it was over. They were looking for schools for their child that like it was done. But then the university president thought he would curry some local favor by hiring the interim coach that isn't qualified, that can't do the job. And, and we saw what happened. So if I were an LSU fan, I'd be a little bit weary about that. Although again, this guy may be savvy. Mississippi State has a sports savvy university president or chancellor, whatever they call it there. Uh, 
so that's a little bit different. So maybe the same thing applies to to LSU. But I am curious to see how real that is. Um, and a, a lot of people have, you know, mocked the, and I, I guess I get it, have mocked the whole that they would prefer a minority candidate. And I, I understand why some people are are bothered by that sentiment. But when it's the two guys that you're talking about, again, I said this a few weeks ago, so I won't spend too much time on it, but it's he's not saying that's what it has to be. At least based on what I've read and heard it, it's not like you have to. It's that's if you can find one that's qualified, that's what I would prefer. And you look at the the two, James Franklin and Mel Tucker are supremely qualified. So you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to get into that kind of conversation when both guys are supremely qualified for that job. They absolutely have the resumes that match that kind of a job, and it wouldn't be them getting hired because of that uh, at all. It's just in some people's eyes, that is a bonus, but they are qualified for the job, and if they get it, it's not because of that. It's because they are both qualified. James Franklin, I saw somebody say yesterday that, why is James Franklin impressive? He only won 11-13 and 13 at Vanderbilt in conference. Do you understand how much of a miracle it is to go 11 and 13 in conference at Vanderbilt? What kind of a freaking miracle that is? It's hard to fathom how good of a coaching job that is at Vanderbilt to go 11 and 13 in conference play. That's a that's miracle work right there. And Mel Tucker now has a top 10 Michigan State team in year 2. He's been on national championship staffs at Ohio State and Alabama. He's coached under Saban and Kirby. Now he's been head coach himself. I just I'm not going to buy into that that line of thinking I, because I don't think it's it's accurate because um, those guys are both qualified for the job. So I'm, I'm not going to be one of those people that says they only are candidates because of this. That's not true. It's not true. They're candidates because, I mean, Mel Tucker's team is ranked number eight in the country, undefeated right now. His resume, I mean, he's been a defensive coordinator in the NFL. I mean, his resume is excellent. So it's not that. It's not that. But anyway, Miles says uh, Sexton seems to have mastered creating a vacancy when one of his clients leaves and then filling that vacancy with yet another client. Or maybe he just has that many clients. It's all of the above. It's all he's got that many clients. But man, I mean, when something happens, they all get paid. It's amazing. They all get raises that he's a master at it. All of his clients are named in all of these searches. There's a reason for that. Um, But if. I don't and maybe I'm splitting hairs with this, but the way some of this has been worded, I find it funny. Um, they word it like these guys are desperate to get the LSU job and not interested. There, there, there's a huge difference in, hey, I want it. Put my name in the hat and please, 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 please hire me. And, and the way some of it's worded, I, I think, is is off-putting, but... Maybe I'm just being oversensitive to it. Lastly, okay, so we got the news yesterday that uh, university employees in the state of Mississippi of public schools uh, have to be fully vaccinated uh, by December 8th, I believe. Um, Happy birthday to my wife. It's my wife's birthday. Um, Yeah, that I think that's the day. Either way, in... Less than two months, every university employee, and that includes football coaches, uh, have to be fully vaccinated or receive an exemption, whether it be for a 
pointed health reason or religion. And now we've seen a lot of the religious exemptions are getting shot down. So, you know, it depends on how Mississippi wants to approach it, but in other places it's getting shot down. I did see a lot of yesterday and I speculated about it some as well, because Mike Leach will not talk about it, refuses, won't do it, will not talk about it. He gave a quote yesterday about how it's always moving and it's like commentating on each shot in a tennis match and not, not a great answer because that's not really the question that he was asked, but he doesn't talk about it, refuses, absolutely refuses to talk about it. And that led most people to think that he himself does not have it. The same thing's happening one state over uh, with Auburn and Brian Harson because he also will not speak on it, refuses to do so, and they have one of those mandates that just got handed down as, as well. And so people are wondering how he's going to approach this because we've seen in college football another coach, Washington State, Rolovich there, uh, lose his job because he would not comply with the mandate. He lost his job. And people were speculating that it could happen to Mike Leach as well. Uh, you even had some people go as far as to do the whole I stand with Mike Leach thing and um, spouting off things that are just simply not true in terms of not going to go there. Either way, uh, you had like an active online campaign of I stand with Mike Leach and stuff like that. It was pointed out to me yesterday by Brian Haydad that Mike Leach did international travel this summer. This offseason, he was in multiple foreign countries. And unless I am missing something, this summer, if you were going to travel internationally to most of these places, you had to have gotten it. So just because he doesn't talk about it does not mean he has not gotten it. I mean, Mike Leach is a different guy. He's kind of a quirky guy. Maybe he just doesn't want to speak on it. But he did travel internationally this summer. So I think this, before you do these I stand with Mike Leach things, you, don't, you probably don't have to. Unless I'm missing something. Unless I am completely misremembering the timeline. When he did his international travel this summer, you, you can't do that, or you couldn't do that without, at least to, to most of these places. So maybe you don't need to worry about it. Maybe there, this isn't a Washington State situation. Ironically, his former employer. Um, maybe this isn't that because just just because he won't talk about it does not necessarily mean he has not gotten it himself. It's entirely possible. I mean, stop the campaign, at least for now. It is interesting, though. I mean, we'll we'll see if there are other coaches, namely Brian Harson. I mean, I guess it's possible Leach did all that travel without it, but uh, did State also announce 100% vaccination? They did not. That has not been announced. They they said a few times that they were getting close this summer, but I haven't heard or seen um, anything else uh, in terms of that. I don't I I don't believe they are. Um, maybe they are. They just they haven't been public about it, but. Um, I'm curious to see if this does affect Brian Harson. Maybe this could possibly affect Mike Leach. But again, he traveled internationally this summer. So no need to campaign, at least for now, because it appears that although he won't speak on it, he's gotten it. So don't worry about it. At least not right now. There's no reason to worry about it. So anyway. Y'all be good. Uh, 
Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tomorrow we will get to talk about the games this weekend. Ole Miss and Auburn, Mississippi State and Kentucky. Huge, 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 huge opportunities for both. One at home, one at the road, one on the road, both at the exact same time, six o'clock tomorrow, or Saturday. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll see you then. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.